This episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast is brought to you by Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise. For all your beer, wine, cider, and fermented food making needs, get on down to Homebrew in Paradise, 740 Moava Street in Kalihikai. That's Homebrew in Paradise. Mention the Blue Hawaii Podcast and get 10% off. Blue Hawaii. Aloha, friends. This is Josh. I am coming to you from the basement right now. I am flying solo. Let me just tell you a little bit about what we're doing today. Uh, my lovely wife, Antoinette Lilly, is going to join us. We're going to talk brief little bit of news, brief little bit of sports, brief little bit of life. And then Ryan, who is on the mainland right now, uh, is going to hit you with Southern Story. He does his accent a lot better than I do, but he has, a, he has an advantage. Uh, he's going to hit you with Southern Story number two. And I think y'all like it. Uh, y'all stay tuned. Aloha. Welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Josh Michaels. And I'm Antoinette Lilly. Surprise! Ryan Little is not here. He is actually on the continent uh, attending a wedding. Um, so we are filling in, and I am so pleased to be joined for this episode of the Blue Hawaii Spouse Cast by my better half. Uh, as you heard the lady herself, she is Antoinette Lilly. Uh, so, what do you want to talk about today? Well, Joshua, you know how much I love the sports. The sports. Yes, yes. the sports. Oh, if you hear a heavy breathing in the background, that's uh, Ryan's dog. She's uh, sniffing around in the carpet. Who is sadly not sitting on top of me on the Papa Sun chair right now. No, unlike last time, we're doing uh, we're we're doing a little more formal. Well, Ryan's out, so I felt like I had to step up to the plate and uh, sit on the the big kids' couch she, over here. She's a team so. player. She's a trooper, y'all. Um, <laughs> so Hawaii football is back. Oh my goodness! Yes, and we're winning. Yes, we are two and O. Oh. <laughs> two wins, zero losses. The University of Hawaii crushed the Naval Academy. Uh, Cole McDonald Cole McDonald had a great game E-I-E-I-O 428 yards 60 D's 30 of 41 UH Rainbows excuse me UH Warriors beat the Navy Midshipmen 59 to 41 uh, Ursua had a great game Cole McDonald running it back uh, other Hawaii football news we can talk about this more later uh, Tua Tangavailoa gets the nod for the Crimson Tide uh, Ryan won't like that we're talking about this so we'll have to talk about Auburn later too but before we get back into sports let's do some news so, uh, Hurricane Maine, Hurricane Maine, excuse me, uh, Hurricane Lane, <laughs> uh, we only have one more thing to mention. We forgot to point out, uh, as was hilarious on Twitter, the BBC correspondent that they sent over was named James Cook. Huh. Not the greatest track record for those two particular Englishmen. Um, but speaking of hurricanes... Wait, uh, was James Cook, uh, you know, killed on the beaches after... After the whole hurricane thing went down? You know, I stopped watching the news after they called off the warning, so I don't know what the protocol is like. I think you, you kill all the Englishmen left on the island. Or at least all the meteorologists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of hurricanes, Florida had an election last week. Uh, a young man named Andrew Gillum, blue leftist progressive, uh, snuck from fourth place to first, won the primary. He's taking a his bold vision against... Ron DeSantis, the Republican nominee, a full-on substance-free example of Trumpism. Uh, you were you were talking. We were talking about this the other day. You mentioned you think this is the Parkland effect in action. Well, I think that's part of it, and I'm no political scientist. Although I did minor in political science Same in here. undergrad. We have so much in common. <laughs> we should get married. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah, it seems to be like you know those Parkland students were going on the news. They were 
telling everyone like, look, we can vote and we're getting energized and mobilized to vote and we're not going to settle for the same middle of the lane candidates that we've been having. Like we want to vote for people who are, yeah, against the NRA in Florida, as crazy as that sounds. Well, this is definitely one to watch. This is going to be the highlight of probably election season. Um, There are... Uh, in the South, if you if you count Maryland as the South, which which I do in some contexts, uh, there are three African American, very progressive candidates running for governor. Uh, it's incredibly exciting, and we'll keep you posted on that as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Um, one other bit of hurricane news. This one not as exciting. This one actually we... kind of kind of a bummer. Actually, completely tragic. Independent researchers uh, have estimated officially. And the governor of Puerto Rico has accepted this and changed the official statistics as well, I believe. Uh, Hurricane Maria caused 2,975 deaths in Puerto Rico in the six months after the storm. That's about the same number of Americans that died in 9-11. Since December of last year, the government official death toll was 64. So this is, you know, completely uh, unconscionable, completely scandalous. And of course, you're hearing absolutely crickets from the folks in D.C., but how could this all have happened? I mean, President Trump threw paper towel rolls out uh. to the crowds. <sighs> <sighs> okay. Uh, but we, the news is, I mean, <laughs> the news is all bad. We, uh, we've got it. We're going to get through a little more news uh, before we get to our interview. Uh, some local news. Uh, you thought we were safe all the way out here in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, former Wheeler soldier pleads guilty to aiding ISIS. That's the headline in the Star Advertiser by Dan Nakaso. Uh, former Army fir- Sergeant First Class Ikaika Eric Kang, age 35, pled guilty in federal court to attempting to aid ISIS and its war on terror. He faces 25 years in prison. Kang admitted in court that he provided classified information and a drone and starred in supposed ISIS combat training videos when he met with FBI agents posting as, excuse me, posing as ISIS representatives. The, so so the takeaway here is yeah. he didn't actually help ISIS. He helped out FBI agents Pretending posing ISIS. as ISIS. But, you know. Well, that's just on him. He didn't do his due diligence. Kang told the informant <laughs> if he became an Islamic State member, he would become a suicide bomber and attack Schofield Barracks, according to an affidavit filed in the case. Well... Well, the good news is he was too incompetent at his job to get that right. So Uh, let's hear it for incompetent terrorists. Incompetent jihadists are my favorite jihadists. Mm -hmm. On the topic of incompetent jihadists, shout out Four Lions. Oh, it's a great movie. Anyone who has not watched Four Lions. uh, Riz Ahmed, Mm -hmm. um, before he blew up, on his way to blowing up. He's he's the star of the film. Basically, uh, super, you know, tongue-in-cheek, hilarious comedy, very dark comedy. Um, Four young men in Manchester decide they want to become suicide bombers and but they're real bad at it's, it it all goes it all it's all downhill from there uh <laughs> not something you think sounds like the basis of a comedy but it you know we, we were in stitches the entire time yeah um speaking of hilarious people uh, our dear friend friend of the show will Caron, uh writing in the star advertiser it's time for publicly financed elections we've created a system where money buys elections those who want to serve and represent their communities first need to acquire tons of cash. Without it, there is almost no chance of success. Factor in that we live in a state with one dominant political party, and almost all of our elections go either uncontested entirely or are won by those who spend the most money. And frankly, that's bad for democracy. Um, We couldn't agree more. Yeah, 100%. That's about right. And double shout out to Will doing big things. He's helping Hawaii Appleseed get a new project up and running, the Hawaii Budget and Policy Center. So Will posted on Facebook. Everybody go check this out. Hawaii Budget and Policy Center. Uh, The center will focus, quote, 
on analyzing and explaining the complicated budget process and product in front of civically engaged citizens. Give it a like and follow if you want to learn how Hawaii spends its money. As Joe Biden famously said, don't tell me your values, show me your budget, and I'll tell you what you value. Which, that is a, that's a good Joe Biden quote. Uh, anytime I hear the phrase, as Joe Biden famously said, uh, I brace myself a little bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh. He has had some problematic yeah. moments. Normally, he's more of like a toucher, though, than a, <laughs> than like a you know. Okay, are you ready? Gaff guy. Are you are you ready for a seamless journalistic transition? Speaking of old white dudes in Washington. Speaking of problematic senators. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, the big news, the national story this week, world worldwide story this week, really. Uh, Senator John McCain died at the age of eighty-one. Um, the the lionization that the hagiography is is in has been in full effect um you know there there's a lot there's stuff to praise him for there's stuff to criticize him for he's a complicated man i think he'd probably be the first to admit that um whatever you thought of him his politics his ideals his votes and i was opposed to many of them uh you know you have to acknowledge the power of his captivity story and you know while he was a north vietnamese prisoner of war uh, he got the offer he was offered early release knowing that you know, releasing the son of a highly decorated admiral would be great PR for, for North Vietnam. He rejected their offer and refused to leave without his fellow prisoners, uh, which he knew at that point meant possibly his death and at least several more years of torture, but he did it anyway. And again, you know, uh, put yourself in that position and you have to, you know, you have to respect the, the mental fortitude, even if it was a pointless, illegal shameful war anyway well you know i think like his fortitude was very impressive and that's what makes some of his later behavior so hard to understand so you were you know you were actually one of his constituents for a little while well i don't know i guess yeah i was registered in arizona for one election while i was in undergrad there and i you know a lot of my friends from undergrad even the really liberal ones have been you know paying tribute to john mccain on facebook and so when you think about John McCain, you think about his maverick moments. You think about him, you know, turning his thumb down on Obamacare repeal at the last minute. But I think those maverick moments and knowing that he had such, you know, strength of mind and fortitude make it so hard for me to understand why he didn't stand up more often when clearly he knew what the right thing was. I mean, you know, his daughter, Megan McCain, gave that speech at his, you know, funeral services saying you know america was already great he believed that and everything but you know he i feel like he didn't stand up for america as often as he should have it's like it's a lot america's pretty great if you're a rich white man who married into the uh who married a beer heiress yeah yeah so but you know i will you know not to downplay you know his accomplishments or anything like that but you know It'll be interesting to see how history remembers John McCain. I'm sure they'll just, you know, oh, just wait, just wait until Henry Kissinger dies. Oh my goodness! That's gonna, we're gonna, there's gonna be at least John McCain. Like there are things you have to like concede that you admire about him. Henry Kissinger, I got nothing. But uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be problematic as hell. Everybody in D.C. Oh, great statesman, blah blah blah. But hey. <laughs> We don't have to worry about that just now, so more on that later. <laughs> only, only the good die young. Only the good die young. Henry Kissinger <laughs> will live to the age of 150. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, okay, we were talking about senators. Let's talk about two more senators. Chucky Schumer, our man, in, our man, the Democrat Senate Minority Leader, caves to cocaine Mitch. He let Trump install over a dozen more judges without breaking a sweat um, so that Democrats could go home early to campaign. Uh, 
Senator Schumer, I'm going to speak, we're going to speak directly to you now um, to get our point across and to emphasize how much of a, a Shonda this is. We're going to speak to you in the mother tongue, Mamaloshin. Oy vey. Oy vey, mishpucha. Enough of this mishugana fakakta nebishness. For why? Did you think this was a good deal? You got zip, bupkas, garnished. Don't be a shlemiel. Be a mensch. Stand up to those schmucks McConnell and Trump. Zegazunt. Thank you. Okay, and uh, so speaking of Chuck, not Chuck, but Chuk. Oh, you like what I, did there? I like that. So yeah. uh, the island of Chuk will hold a vote on independence from the Federated States of Micronesia. Oh, very interesting. I, I don't know Yeah. about how that's going to work out. So Chuk citizens would no longer be allowed to live and work anywhere in the U.S., including Hawaii, and would not receive U.S. Uh, Compact to free association funds, you know, for healthcare, for travel, and everything. Uh, these funds total $37 million a year. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if, if this goes and if we let them go. I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll pass. I, when I spoke with a woman who actually I worked with as a Chukis interpreter, she explained to me a little bit about the dynamics of the federated states and i think for the chukis people they are kind of looked down upon even within the federated states of micronesia so perhaps that's where this drive for independence is coming from but i can't imagine that you know that's going to be a good financial deal for the majority of the people at the end of the day so speaking of a not good financial deals uh the federal official in charge of protecting student borrowers from predatory lending practices has stepped down. In a scathing resignation letter, Seth Frotman, who until now was the student loan ombudsman at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which is being gutted by Donald Trump, says the current leadership, quote, has turned its back on young people and their financial futures. Unfortunately, under your leadership, the Bureau has abandoned the very consumers it is tasked by Congress with protecting. Instead, you have used the Bureau to serve the wishes of the most powerful financial companies in America. You know, guys, bad news. Uh, I don't know if the Republican Party and the $1.5 trillion student loan industry is on the up and up. You know, they might not care about ordinary working folks. Say it isn't so. Oy. Speaking of uh, powerful people, blah, 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 bullcrap, 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 uh, Louis C.K. is performing again. Oh, oh, good. Yeah. You know, he served his time oh, my gosh. alone in his mansion with his millions of dollars. So... All the women who had their careers stalled after being forced to watch him masturbate. Uh, do you think they're getting Netflix specials anytime soon? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. They're just uh, handing them out left and right, right? Um, so, and what, what Oh, were, by the way, yeah. the one late night show with a comedian on Netflix, I think, is getting canceled. Michelle Wolf. Oh, Lord. Well, you know, she embarrassed the president <sighs> at correspondence dinner, so well, what do you expect? Okay, so President Louis C.K., speaking of heinous sexual misconduct... The Roman Catholic Church. Ah. New reporting in a bombshell letter from a top cardinal suggests that Pope Francis knew everything about the notorious Cardinal McCarrick's predilections for sexual abuse and lifted sanctions on him and had him reinstated nonetheless. So, Pope Francis, Papa Frank, please say it isn't so. Um, you know, I, I'm a little suspicious because yeah. it's all like the conservative guys who have also known about this all this time and not done anything that are now using this to their political advantage. But yeah, it's... You, you can't trust any of them. It's a questionable decision on the uh, part of Papa Francis, but he's still probably the best out of that whole rotten lot of 
and I can say that because I was baptized in the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> he's, if he's the best out of this whole rotten lot, and he's still like, and he's still reinstating child abusers. Yeah, yeah that's that's not so. We'll have much we'll have more on this. We're we're gonna hope to find a, a guest in the know or more in the know to talk to about this. You should you should find a more devoted Catholic than me probably for that episode. <laughs> All, right. All right, last thing, last thing before we get to our our southern story number two, and you get to hear from uh, Ryan and a friend. Uh, one more sports chat. Uh, last time, as we left you, Little League World Series team Honolulu was about to go into the final against South Korea. Uh, I'm sure everybody, unless you've been living under a rock, knows what happened. We are the champions of the world. Uh, Slamaguchi and his boys. What a what a good bunch of kids and what a classy operation by the coaches and the parents. Uh, Mayor Caldwell says that there's going to be a parade sometime soon. Uh, let's all go check that out. We also have a correction from the last episode. Um, one of our loyal listeners, shout out to you, Dorothy, thank you, pointed out that Sean Slamaguchi Yamaguchi actually said that his favorite emoji was Hammer, not his favorite song. Uh, kids these days we, and their emojis, man. We regret the error. <laughs> uh, as I said, Bose smashed it, our 2-0. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa, Hawaii boy, got the start for Alabama. They shredded Louisville. And because Ryan will be hurt if we don't mention this, the number nine Auburn Tigers won their opener against the number six Washington Huskies. War damn eagle. All right, and let's move on from that. Yeah, our boy, <laughs> our boy uh, Christian Shimabuku, he's got a new piece out for Sporting News, how Tua Tongavailoa and Mackenzie Milton's Hawaii roots prepped them for college success. Go check it out. Go read it. Um, last thing, and you know, it's, uh, we got to say, we don't, you and I don't talk about sports too often. No, I, I say that's pretty fair. But, but you, you found a story. Uh, well, you know, typically in our apartment, you know, if I get to control the TV, we're doing something lifestyle related, maybe something with fashion, maybe some Project Runway, maybe some RuPaul's Drag Race. But this story is really the perfect intersection of our two interests. Wouldn't you agree? I, I think so. Uh, so, Serena. Yes. Serena Williams. The goat. The goat of women's tennis absolutely yes, absolutely she got in trouble for wearing a cat suit sacre bleu i know yeah she, full Une chemise de la chatte. a full uh you know ankle length cat suit that had the audacity to show her curves as gasp a woman of color so the so like the french head of this yeah. tournament is like oh sacre bleu oh the french oh we cannot see a woman's curves unless we are groping them ourselves oh the patriarchy she is very strong today you know and then meanwhile uh less race related but still patriarchy related in tennis a woman was not fined exactly i don't know what the term is but cited uh, um, yelled chastised, at chastised. chastised on the court for flipping her shirt around when she realized it was backwards oh lord uh mind you that what a scandal n most male tennis players will straight up sit around without a shirt on in between matches i'm, so. I'm shirtless right now <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> fact, fact check neither of those things is true <laughs> although it is really hot today. it's it is one of these days, once we make it big, Blue Hawaii Media, the first thing we do is we're going to get a studio with, with, where you can uh, keep it cool while recording. Yeah, we'll just get one of those silent window yeah. AC units. That's a th Do they have those? Uh, well, no, I think, I think you, well, uh, you have to upgrade we'll, this. We'll figure point. it out. We'll you get a swamp cooler. <laughs> um, anyway, one last thing, uh, one last sad bit of news to share before we get with our interview. We want to send out a, a rest in peace, aloha oi, to Keala Kava'ahau. Uh, a member of the seminal Hawaiian rap group Sudden Rush, uh, Hawaiian activist, longtime Hilo, Big Island uh, radio personality, morning radio, 
Uh, he passed away in his sleep last Monday. He was 47 years old, one of the pioneers of modern Hawaiian music. Uh, and we want to just, we'll, we'll fade out after the interview, we'll fade out with one of his classic songs to share with you, yeah. um, which you've all certainly heard. Yeah. Um, he, he was taken from us too young. Yep. <sighs> Could have taken Kissinger instead. Only the good die young. Oy. Well. And on that happy note. Antoinette, thank you so much for stepping in to Ryan's uh, shoes. You uh, filled them admirably. I think. Uh, thank you. I've always wanted to be a white man from the South. With a full-blooded Japanese grandma. I imagine it has its perks. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank I, you once again for uh, having me on. You, I'm never going to be able to hear that phrase, full Ryan's full-blooded Japanese grandmother, without thinking about uh, Governor Ige's very, very surprised. Not, not full-on skeptical, but he was taken aback, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Miss Lily, excuse me, Ms. Lily, thank you. Uh, it's been a privilege. Blue Hawaii Spouse Cast. Uh, coming up next. Our Costco trip. We're going to Costco? <laughs> I guess we're going to Costco. Oh, good. We need to get more Tower fans because it's hot. Uh, coming up next, Southern Story Part 2. Aloha, Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Yeah. We often hear Hawaii meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced to a foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poli Ahu. Ahui ho. Haole. Haole is a perfectly good word. All right, everyone. Uh, I am continuing my roadshow through the state of Alabama. And today I'm sitting down with one of our uh, good friends and sponsors. His name is Jake Carnley. He runs the Great Bear Wax Company, uh, which makes amazing candles and other scented products. Uh, Great Bear is based in Woodlawn, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, it is a rapidly revitalizing community. Uh, Jake is one small business owner there out of a number of business owners who are working to do good both economically and socially. And uh, I couldn't be more pleased to have him on the show. Jake, good morning. Good morning. Let's talk a little bit about your business. So you started Great Bear Wax Company in 2013, uh, pouring candles with uh, Alabama beeswax mm -hmm. in your kitchen because your girlfriend at the time wanted a candle that you thought was too expensive. It didn't smell really good. Mm -hmm. And it sort of turned into, I mean, one of the most successful maker businesses easily in Birmingham, mm -hmm. probably in the South. And tell me a little bit about your passion for that. Tell people who don't know you what your passion is for it what's behind it and where you see it going. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, this, this, the whole thing was sort of this like reaction. So it's like, I'm learning even now and in the last few years, what I'm truly passionate about within business because it, it, I started making candles. Friends started asking for them. Then more people started asking for them. Then businesses started asking for them. Then companies started asking for them. Then, you know, it, it sort of grew. Who are some of your bigger clients right now? Um, so we, 
we we're about to go on with anthropology, which is huge, a huge deal. Yeah. It's something that I've been really been chasing about. that one a while, right? Yeah, yeah. and um, I think yeah, you guys have it, sent to the we, North Face. Is that right? Yeah, we've sent to North Face. We have. We were in every PacSun store in the holiday season in 2016. 16, yeah. 16, yeah. And we're, we're still, you know, trying to grow this thing up. I've, I've got vision for, like, our own storefront. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it'll be called Great Bear Wax Co., but it'll just be a place where we can sell candles mm-hmm. as well as everything else. Um, and really what I've learned through this whole entire thing that I'm passionate about is... I'm just passionate about the idea that like you can do something if you you can make something and create something. You don't have to work for someone else and yeah, that, like there is another thing. option. Yeah, you know, I I watched my dad, you know, have businesses growing up and what did he do? He was an upholster and then he did like custom fabrication of countertops and cabinetry. Very cool. He's insanely talented, but. Something that that I've gotten really passionate about is just the taking that message around that if if you position yourself in a place to just be open, then you can there's something that can come out of you. It's it's interesting to have that message here because well it's interesting for two reasons. The first is that Birmingham probably more than any other city I've ever been in people really are buying into that Mm -hmm. and it is truly it's providing a place of refuge for uh, millennials here and Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is the Birmingham economy is the strongest in Alabama but relative to the national economy it's not that strong yeah and like and historically it hasn't as it was the last city to bounce back economically yeah. after the great depression and here it's this right mix of affordability and um opportunity where if you you can still kind of scrimp and oh yeah i tell people all the time i'm like it's easy to be poor in birmingham yeah <laughs> you yeah know, it's, I, it's, i've got friends that are poor in brooklyn and yeah i've got exactly. friends that are poor in nashville I got friends and, that are poor in hawaii and atlanta and yeah. la and seattle it's like it's completely different here i mean you we, we've gone out to dinner the last couple of nights and, um, like you can get dinner for 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's like including tip. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of crazy. You can get it. I mean, you can get a drink, like a, a, a pint for $6, which is actually about what it is in Hawaii, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying like, you can have a cheap existence here. Um, and so you get this group of young people. What I see on the outside looking in is you get this group of young people who's like, they have the, ability for whatever reason i mean maybe they're shouldering student loans still which is a bitch for all of us but yeah we graduated early That's enough why i started my own business like yeah we, we graduated early enough where it's like we didn't pay you know 100 grand to go to college but we paid maybe 30 yeah. and like you get these people who are just rejecting it i mean like and, and it's making their lives a lot better i'm so inspired by it i yeah. really am it, i i wish that I don't, I don't know where this like obsession with the responsibility like came into my head because I'm not super responsible. I'm, uh, I would, I would venture to say that most people in my family aren't super responsible. (laughs) 
And I feel this guilt all the time of being ir- irresponsible. And still I'm like prospering. Long, I'm prospering, but I'm also like, I wish there were times in my life where I would have actually been irresponsible. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wish I would have not gone to college. You know, yeah. obviously college was a great experience. Yeah. My education, whatever. Like maybe it's more tangible, intangible value than you're placing on it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like my best friends in the whole yeah. world. That's where, you know, this. Who needs them? <laughs> I wish I, I wish I would have been, <laughs> you know, fly water rafting instead of making friends. Actually, that does sound awesome. That's pretty dope. I've met a lot of people who've done that and it does sound really strange. I know. I'm so inspired by it. I'm so yeah. inspired by like these folks that are. Just rejecting the norm. Yeah. Because even me, I didn't take a single college day in high school. I didn't either. I didn't think anything about college. I didn't apply at all. One. And it was still not an option. To not like, go to college? To not go to college. Same. That like, I think about my sweet parents and how they, there was no, we didn't root for a college team growing up. What? We did, I know it's bizarre. We I've never like, heard of that in so Alabama. Weird. We're in Alabama and we weren't obsessed with well, any football team. Yeah. And we weren't going to church. Yeah. <laughs> We're a true anomaly. But like, <laughs> there was not this, my, you know, my, my mom went to college when I was a kid and my dad didn't go to college and there was still... You know, it was not an option to skip out on that. And I don't, who knows what would have happened, but I I wish that I would have taken a year, two years, something, something to like, or even to get a degree in business. You know, I didn't know I wanted to start a business until after I was out of school. And so you just kind of made it work. I mean, for, for somebody who's starting a business, here down I mean, we have a lot of southern listeners i think most of them are my friends and my mom but uh <laughs> we have a lot of southern listeners but we also have listeners all over the country and all over the world what what would you say to someone who's thinking about going out on their own and I, trying I, it I, w- I would say that your 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 dream is not stupid at all and if you can create an opportunity to employ people in your city, then your dream is not stupid. And even if you never do, I still want to say that your dream's not stupid. You know, I, I think a lot of us, me, you know, I'm a more creative type. I'm a more like cerebral type. And I think that for so long I felt a lot of shame. I think a, I think a lot of the reasons why I didn't pursue certain things was I just felt shame. Yeah. I felt shame about being 19 and wanting to do like marine biology. Mm-hmm. And so I just capped that idea. Mm-hmm. And I felt, you know, I felt shame about wanting to be a poet. I mm-hmm. felt like all this stuff. And, and I sort of want to just, if I had one message to give to everyone in the whole world, it would be that, that your, your idea is not stupid and it be open and take a risk worst thing that could happen is you lose all your money and you die <laughs> but that doesn't, sound, that doesn't uh, sound terrible i mean yeah um shifting gears a little bit we were talking about uh the church mm-hmm. before we got started we were talking about just the shifting um i don't know scope of evangelical christianity and that's right. That oh yeah. Itself. So we're talking about, um, we're talking about how, like realizing that, um, what you get told in the evangelical church is that 
And what I what I moved to Hawaii believing is that no one's ever happy in yeah. their life outside of the context of a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what really made me, what really pushed my spiritual boundaries is moving there and realizing that like the church is a relatively insignificant player in like the local culture and that people in general are a lot happier mm-hmm. than they are here. Yeah. yeah, it's I'm I feel grateful for having not grown up in church because that was never really a part of like the conversation growing up for me. You know, there's a handful of other things that I've had to deal with that uh have directly come from church and from the local church and neighbors, but not growing up in church and not growing up as like a spiritual person it we were happy (laughs) you know and obviously we still are happy it's just like a little bit different but like we were happy I, i was happy and i was a good person yeah before i began like being a Christian. Yeah, it's and, it's funny cuz like you imagine what it would be like like what what Christians have done throughout the ages as like yeah. missionaries and it's like they show up somewhere and they're like we've got the the good news of real joy and people are like well, I was pretty happy before y'all got here. <laughs> and they're like, no, you weren't. And for saying that, now we need to burn you alive. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, what? Like, so we were part? fine. We were fine. We were doing a-okay, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's a. I listen to it's this. definitely a weird like kind of narrative. Even I mean that that even brings up the idea of like mission trips. And yes, I understand that like we're um, explicitly told to like take the gospel to the ends of the earth. But this expectation <laughs> that like cultures change. The ends of the earth is fifteen hundred dollar three day excursion into yeah. like Mexico, and one of those days is a beach day. By the way, one of those days we're going. Sc- scuba diving with yeah. sea turtles <laughs> but the other days you're gonna be scooping food that they have paid for <laughs> onto plates that the school you're working with has provided yeah and singing a song and dancing for them while signing autographs after well it, it's it's <laughs> something i'm like i i'm fine with literally I'm, signing autographs like i don't think i i the last mission trip I went on, I signed autographs for maybe an hour, because <laughs> like I brought my good, like I brought my electric guitar down there, and we like put on these shows, and I don't know. All that to say, I think mission trips are fine, but this expectation that it's my job to shift your culture is it's irresponsible, yeah, and it's dangerous, super dangerous. Yeah, and and you can live like that, and it almost gives you permission to not... To, like, imperialize other people's beliefs all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Or to not... It gives you, an, it gives you a reason to not learn about cultures yeah. and to not learn about the good in XYZ culture. There, or, well, there's, yeah, there's no need whenever, whenever your culture... It's, it's like a weird mix of... And maybe this is kind of at the root of... Uh, of like the evangelical experience, especially down south, it's like this weird mix of like political conservatism and like uh, Reaganomics and manifest destiny. Yeah, where you're just like, I've got to take this. Absolutely. Like, 
and then I, I've talked about this a lot with people about how like we've sort of turned the church and you know I say this in air quotes but like the gospel into a vehicle for not proselytizing the actual good news of Jesus Christ which was in most ways like a social political revolution absolutely it was it was much like we've turned it much more into like if you guys cut taxes yeah. and if you build really sweet churches yeah. where like people want to hang out then that's yeah. how people get saved it's like yeah. and you completely leave behind all the people that and we and we know this you know yeah. i think that's a, i think that's something that is frustrating in 2018 and it was in 17 and 16 and 15 is that we know but not, this but stuff. not 14 though 14 was great <laughs> yeah uh, this all started everything we're talking about it started, started in 2015 <laughs> um, you know it, it's we act this way and then we're also the first people to get upset about what's going on around the globe or sure. locally while also chanting that the local church is what heals this and saves this when we are not evolving and we know we know that these methods aren't working did you see the thing uh was it a week or two ago maybe it was last week about the guy in uh the guy i think it was in woodlawn where he was saying like the, don't go to white churches but yeah. people shouldn't go to white churches yeah so like with that, like, f for people who may be listening to this conversation that aren't us right now contemporaneously, like, we both went to the church that he was excoriating. Yeah. And uh, obviously, I don't go there now, and you don't go there anymore yeah. either. But it's not because the church itself is inherently defective. I mean, they do a lot of amazing yeah, I things. Mean, they do the, the most quantifiable good I've of never, any organization maybe I've ever seen. Yeah, I've never... I don't know of a church in the United States or the world, to be quite honest, that does it better than them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, and so all of that is a caveat to what we're probably about to say, but like, I, I agreed with him in, in the application of what he was saying, mm -hmm. but not in the principle, like yeah. in principle, no. Black people and white people probably should go to the same churches because they worship the same, you know, dark-skinned refugee god. Yeah. But here, I totally get what he was saying. Like, yeah, absolutely, and, and I think it's it's even been kind of a maybe even a point of tension in the church in the South is that while everything else is you know in air quotes desegregated, mm -hmm. the church has been segregated, and you know. It might even may it might even stay segregated, you know, and and I think, but even that kind of goes back to what we initially started talking about, and it's that we grow up with the idea that this is exclusively the correct culture, mm -hmm. and so when it comes time to interact and to rub shoulders and to learn and grow from other cultures we hit the eject button exactly you know and it's why black people don't go to white churches and it's why white people don't go to black churches because when it's that forces us to not only not only address our own kind of 
um, what's the word I'm looking for? Our own like biases. Yeah. Yeah. So it forces us to, to confront not only our own biases, but also an, an entirely new culture that we can't just enter into and be a part of. Mm-hmm. It takes, yeah. It I, takes time and it takes trust and it takes rapport and it takes longevity. It, so this yeah. idea that we're going to save quote unquote black parts of town yeah. and quote unquote crime ridden parts of town, which is exactly by planting this church yeah. here. And now all of a sudden we are a part of the culture. It's, it's dangerous. Am I glad that this church is expanding? Absolutely. I think what they do is really wonderful. Well, And I think, I think they, you know, that, that church, uh, I think they're, I think the pastor there is, I think I think he's like one of the best teaching pastors I've ever heard. Yeah, he's probably the I, best communicator I've ever come across in my entire life. I agree. Outside of maybe like Andy I'll, Stanley I'll at North walk, Point Church. I'll go on walks now and just yeah. like listen to their messages. He's, and... he's phenomenal. Uh, for listeners, it's called Church of the Highlands. Uh, you'll find a lot of opinions on them on the internet, both good and bad. Um, I, I think Jake and I are both on the side of it being good. Yeah. And, uh, and I think they're, but they're also like, they are also very rooted in a conservative mm-hmm. economics based Christianity yeah. where, you know, they tout that they do everything in cash and yeah. like, that's a big deal for them because it means number one, they don't have to ask you for money, but the other like implication that they're saying that like, they don't really want you to, to like address or that it's not really clearly stated is like, we're also living this like very conservative economic style. Like you mm-hmm. don't, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Southern culture, one of the big players in how you manage your money is a guy named Dave Ramsey. And he has been saying for the last 25 years, do everything in cash, no credit cards, which is great if you have a problem with debt. It's bad if you're trying to build wealth. But I think this church, Church of the Highlands, is is kind of making it like they're kind of showing like, no, you can do what he's saying and rise to the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're what they're doing in that and maybe it's not maybe they're not trying to um to do this but i think what the the effect is is they're essentially showing and displaying to people if you follow these conservative principles closely enough mm-hmm. look what you will become and the biggest most the fastest growing church in the country yeah. with a huge amount of members i mean it's probably over a hundred thousand regularly attend that church now yeah and see. On top of, you'll constantly be in growth mode. Everybody's going to be really happy. Like, we wear skinny jeans on stage, so we're all cool and stay in touch with, like, youth culture. That'll be you if you just follow our conservative principles closely enough. You don't have to evolve. And it's, it, I, I guess that is even probably the overarching theme of what I've had to confront in my own life after having stepped down from, um, mean leadership at this church is that life is not formulated you know and like you can't create a formula well you and the, that, the thing is though is that you can if you're them but then but, for what, sure but nobody talks about for sure is that like what you need to make that happen though is you need a board and a uh congregation filled with like-minded generous millionaires yeah and that's what it, I mean, it, it truly ties right back into our discussion before we start recording about 
cultural and specifically down south white privilege yeah we're like yeah if you and it kind of goes along with the donald trump thing too where it's like everybody here buys into this idea of him being like a self-made man yeah and he has that that infamous quote now where it's like i took out a small one million dollar loan yeah. from my father yeah and it's like and everybody goes yeah see like he's self-made and it's like no he started yeah. a million steps ahead of you yeah and it's like yeah here it's like Everybody's like, this, this church is, you know, they did it with their conservative principles. Like, no, 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 no. They, they started with a, maybe not started, but they exist at least with a board full of yeah. wealthy, 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 some of the wealthiest people in the state. Oh, yeah. And they donate sure. 10% of their income, the people do, mm-hmm. consistently to you. It's like anybody could be successful if you have people bankrolling you like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's challenging, you know. And then, and then, obviously, this is a huge conversation, but it's like, you can't be this successful with a tax exemption and with a, you know, yeah. everything else. That, Where people that, give you that, land. People yeah, just give yeah, them land all the time. acres and it's acres like, and acres yeah, of I'd land. I'd be successful too, man. But it's, for me, it was like, I, I remember my parents were in the middle of divorcing in 2013, and I had like, I guess I... So there I, were some problems before 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I've been found out. Um, I, you know, I had given, you know, I had given my life to the Lord. Sure. I had walked with God for three years at that point. Yeah. And I remember, like, sitting my parents down and being like, Dad, if you would just do this and this and this, and Mom, if you would just do this and this, I know that this is where, like, your marriage is going to survive and all these things, you know. And then I kind of took a step back after none of that worked and was like, Oh shit! Like what? What do we do now that the formula didn't work? Yeah. You know, and well, obviously that's a you know that's my personal experience. That's one thing. But what it what it highlighted in my own life is that I began to, to think of the world as little formulas. That like if these poor people would just, mm-hmm. and if these criminals would just Mm -hmm. and if you know and if i you know would just do this and this then i know the outcome will be this all the time and that's not how the world works well in an evangelical culture when you try the formula and it doesn't work the tendency is to do two things you first blame the person for whom it didn't work so you'd blame yourself yep and then secondly is the church will typically discard you. Yeah. I mean, you, you sort of get left behind. Yeah. And I think that's why there is just this, you know, 2000 year long trail of pain everywhere. The church is gone Mm -hmm. is that until very recently, um, that was kind of our, modus operandi is like if it doesn't work and you try the formula well then you're either cursed by god you didn't try hard enough and we need to move on to people who are really going to do what we're telling them to do yeah i mean it was i i I remember anytime i would confront anyone that didn't like this church i knew exactly what to say to them and it was you haven't done it right essentially (laughs) you didn't follow the formula you know where i was literally like oh if you don't like this church then you must not be plugged into small groups Mm -hmm. if you don't like this church then you you must not understand that sundays are for the large group and like if you don't like this church then you you must not understand this it was never the model's fault yeah 
when you know i don't i don't feel comfortable in saying that it is or isn't the model's fault i think it i think we're we're people we're liquid we need different things yeah. we like one size does not fit all for sure and, and jesus never asked it to not at I all i mean he As met different fact, people he, wherever they were at right like yeah he didn't you know he tells that the the woman at the well like go and sin no more and like the implication is like you know whatever it is like you're you're dating you're sleeping with this guy who's i think it was, he was married at the time and the well it was and it, it what wasn't we know is that it just wasn't her husband and that she had had you know several husbands before and it's like it's like just stop like stop sleeping around and looking for your sexual gratification or like personal validation and sexual gratification with with men yeah and then he doesn't tell that to everybody <laughs> not at all and and there was no follow-up and there was no like there was no true point of like conversion for this woman the woman at the well make i think about that story maybe more than any other story in in the bible because it's so beautiful and it shifts everything for me because she didn't ask for anything he didn't you know he didn't there was no hoop she had to jump through Mm -hmm. she didn't have to meet him he met her all while saying, hey, I know what's going on, and even still, I'm going to give you water. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to meet you here. And there was no follow-up. There was no, there was just a really tender moment between two people in which need, real needs were met. And like, that's not exactly the way I've always operated as a Christian over the last few years. You know, there has always been I don't know. I think now about the phrase that I grew up hearing so much, and it's that God only helps, helps those, those who help, help themselves. themselves, and how Which is anti-Christian and how yeah. like anti-gospel yeah. that is. That even that, the even help that is the is like it's the presumption that this all happened because I did something first. Mm-hmm. When the gospel is. You didn't do anything. And you couldn't. You couldn't do anything. And still, while you were away from me, while we were enemies, I called you a friend. Mm -hmm. And now you have a place at the table. Oh, and this addiction that you're battling and this insecurity that you're feeling and this, like, loss that you're feeling, I can also, like, heal that for you, too. I think it's in Luke where it's like, will you give me water? Will you give me food? And Jesus' response is, I will. Like, I don't know, it's so, that hits me in a way, because you see how willing God is to do the work, to do the most work of the two parties, you know? Southern Stories.